this is Craig Tim. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're here to find out what God's Word has to say about living the Christian life. He has so much to say that we can't do it in any one episode. It takes many, but he has specific areas that he has given me over the time to share with you. Areas that each one of us experience and and have to deal with in our life here on earth. Today's message is a continuation from where we started on restlessness versus unrest. If you've listened to part one, you'll know that the Lord interrupted our conversation. It's something that he's rarely done so far when I've given these episodes. He, he really spoke to my heart about we needed to stop. And now we're ready to continue. We needed to stop so that those that listen to that could really soak in what was shared. It was quite dynamic, that's for sure. We ended by talking about um, God experiences, uh, allows us to experience restlessness to get our attention. And it, it, it draws us uh, in our ways to find the peace that he offers us. And I started to talk about a couple of scriptures that ha- have stories about trusting God and, and helping us to work past restlessness. And, and these scriptures, really, when, we, when I'm going to read them now, they're, 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 going to, um, they're going to speak each individually of their own, on their own accord. He's faithful. God's faithful to direct us in the peace and, and, and the joys of, of where he wants us to be and where he's calling us to go. And he's asking for me to ask you, can we trust him? What do you think? Can we trust him? If you believe in what you're reading, if you believe in what you're hearing here, then the answer is absolutely yes. So, as I read these, just kind of soak on it, I'll go slow. Which of these verses might be speaking to your restless spirit today? All right, here we go. Ruth 3.18 And then she said, wait, my daughter, until you know how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest until he has settled it today. How does that speak to you? Wait. The man will not rest until he has settled it today. Is there something going on in your life that needs to be settled? You will not have the peace. You will not have rest until it's settled. Is, is that something for you? How about this one? Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. Many of us have heard that scripture a number of times. Be anxious for nothing. i got to be honest with you, that is really hard sometimes. Some of the things we go through, we are just anxious to the very end because we want to know what's coming around the corner. And God doesn't always give us that answer up front. We've got to go around the corner trusting Him. 
Let your request be made known, and the peace of God will transcend all understanding, and it will guard your hearts. Is that something for you? Is that something that you are dealing with today? How about the next one? 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I am well content with weakness, which insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Is grace sufficient for you? Is God's grace for, sufficient for you? Okay, next one. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Don't try to copy the what's going on in the world. Let God change you. Change you into a new person in the way you think, the way you process. Then you will know God's will for you. Are you in that condition today? We've been talking about being restless for a while now. So I want to change gears and visit with you about what it's like to have a feeling of unrest. Our definition earlier that we talked about, especially in part one, said the terms of these two words were somewhat the same thing, like not getting enough rest. However, when we look deeper into it, you will hear they have quite the different meanings. The word unrest is not typically used just on its own. We find that there's usually another word attached to it describing what kind of unrest a person might be experiencing. For example, social unrest. Here's a definition I found. This is characterized by the general dissatisfaction of a group and the unconventional and sometimes violent ways people tend to show it. One example of this is rioting or when a large group of people behaves in a violent and uncontrolled way. I think we've all seen that recently in our life, haven't we? Social unrest includes civil disorders. Acts of mass civil disobedience. Its strikes differ in their legality, morality, and the tactics, especially the use or the avoidance of violence, depending on who's leading. But all the acts by these groups of people that are intended to disrupt a community organization, they are both illegal and mostly violent. Do you agree with that? Okay. Let's define civil disorder, since that was just spoken. Civil disorder can lead to injury and or death for both the involved persons and the unfortunate innocent bystanders. Now you might hear the word, you might hear the phrase, forgive me, you might hear the phrase civil unrest, which is actually another term for civil disorder. This is typically defined by law enforcement as a gathering of Three or more people, don't know how they figured three instead of five or ten or whatever it is, but three or more people, and they gather together in reaction to an event. 
with intentions of causing a public disturbance in violation of the law. Okay, that sounds about right. Civil unrest will typically involve causing damage to property or injury to other people, just as we have heard, along with unnecessary deaths. When people become carried away with their emotions and they're not thinking, and all of this just takes place in the spur of the moment. Okay. The Kansas City Riot of 1968. Here's an example. Rioting took place in Kansas City, Missouri, several days after the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King. And it was sparked when Kansas City police used tear gas to stop a student protest. And then it just cut loose in that city. Uh, how about 1992 Los Angeles riots? Some of us are going to remember this. These riots took place in response to an incident of police brutality, which was captured on videotape way back in 92. Los Angeles police officers used batons to viciously beat Rodney King, an unarmed African-American man who they were arresting. Doesn't that sound fairly familiar uh, in 2020, right? Let's see, 92 to, well, that's, uh, wow, that's almost 30 years ago. It was caught on videotape just like the ones that we saw. And it caused rioting throughout our country. The George Floyd riots. That's what I'm talking about. They crossed many, many major cities throughout the U.S. And it all started in Minneapolis. And then the political party got involved. I'm not going on that soapbox. That's, wow. Um, one more. Ferguson, Missouri. This has been referred as just Ferguson. The rioting unrest took place in 2014. They were in response to the shooting death of Michael Brown, an African-American youth who was shot by a white police officer. Again, then we get into racism. Then we get those cards started to play. And then we get about all the other political things that came about that. And again, I apologize. I will get off that soapbox. I want to continue to hear what God has to say. Any number of these things may cause civil disorder whether it's a single cause or a combination of causes. However, most are born from political grievances, economic disparities, social discord. These events can be an organized action, as most of them start out as, or a spontaneous reaction to some type of a tr triggering event, such as these couple things that I've just shared with you. The greater the impact of the triggering event, the greater the probability that the unrest will have a substantial impact on the communities from which these events are taking place. And if we look at the news and some of the things that are taking place, we could easily agree with that statement there. And if you're into politics, there's also political unrest, believe it or not, another one. This is defined as the sum of riots, general strikes, and at government demonstrations. It is lawful or unlawful collective action aimed against the national political authority, not necessarily entailing any military violence.
political unrest. We've seen that around the world in different countries where they're fed up with the direction of the political leaders. And they took matters into their own hands, unfortunately. Now, a riot. Let's talk about what a riot is. A riot is a violent, noisy disturbance of the peace by the crowd. Riots usually result in property damage and injuries. And we are seeing an increasing number of these riots across the world today, fueled by everything from race to religion. Sometimes, sometimes a peaceful gathering can turn into a riot when something triggers a strong emotion among the majority of those in the attendance. And often those who are rioting, they believe they're justifying what they're doing as they think they're passionately expressing their opinion. But are they right in how they're going about it? Do they know how they're going about it? The unrest that is just overwhelming in these scenarios. Does the Bible say anything about rioting? It tells us about everything else in life that we're going to experience, that we're going to have to overcome, that we're going to have to live through. But does it talk about rioting? We've been talking about restlessness versus unrest. And when we stop and think about it, both of these words very well could mean someone lacking of rest. But we've also heard that the words have completely different meanings. They actually have nothing to do with one another. So at this time, we're going to end today's message. We're going to end today's message so that you can soak in on about unrest. Social unrest, civil disorders, rioting, all those things, back to the verses that we talked about earlier, overcoming restlessness. Is restlessness part of unrest now that we've defined what unrest is? If you're unrest, are you restless for unrest? Well, that's an interesting statement. Anyway, we're going to pick up where we left off right here in our next episode. We're going to be looking at specifically what the Bible says about another type of unrest that has not been brought up today. We're going to look at that and we're going to see what the Bible says about rioting, if it really says much at all about it. So wait for the last part to come up. Watch for it in the episodes. I'll try to give you a notice when it's up. And we'll see what God has to say about all this. Blessings to you. Live in God's promises and not what someone else tells you you should be living. God's promises are here today and tomorrow and every day. They're here all the time. Live on that. Stand on that. Soak on that. Believe in that. And you will be saved from these kind of experiences. Blessings to you. Amen.